When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to episode 209 of GigPod, Glasgow's Green, the Celtic podcast. Um, on this episode, I'm Rizzo, I'm hosting, and I'm joined by Stevie, the guest for once. Hello, Stevie. Hello, John. Very unfamiliar to be in this role, but I welcome one because I don't need to do much of the talk. Well, actually, I might need to do a lot of talk. You will, because you were at the game, yet we're recording... a lot of drinks. So. Well, that's true. Well, so bad. We're recording this in the aftermath of Celtic's sensational 2-1 win over Rangers which puts his eight points clear, the top of the league. Rangers do have two games in hand, but going into the new year, Celtic are where we belong, top of the league, and we've got one more game left against them on the way before the winter break, but more than that later on. So, Stevie, let's talk about, before we talk about the build-up and what you've done before the game, because I know you love that, let's talk about the team, which, once more, I predicted right on regional selects. Was there any shock at all for you? No, not at all. I think we already knew um, going with the very public, uh, the very public descriptions of how Lagabielka and Narotsky didn't fit into the manager's plans. I think it was very obvious that Stephen Welsh was going to be there, especially when you saw after the final game as well, and how um, I thought Stephen Welsh was pretty competent and he was excellent in that game. I know it's all right to say it was a dead rubber, but they're still a very good opponent and they're better than like. No, in fact, actually, I was going to say 90% of the teams, but they're better than all of the teams that we play in the league, including Rangers. Sorry, any Rangers fans listening, but it's the truth. I find out that their rubber was more of a challenge than Rangers today. Um, I don't know if you'll agree with that, but yeah, uh, Stephen Welsh, uh, alongside Liam Scales, was the obvious choice. Again, you got it right with Paolo Bernardo. Uh, we already said that after his performance against Dundee, he certainly deserved to be in the team. Uh, I was glad he was in because he was outstanding today. Uh, I thought he would have been the man in the match if it wasn't for him getting subbed maybe, what, 15 minutes or so before uh, full time. And I think Carl McGregor got the official man in the match award then. But no, he got the team spot And amazingly enough, even the fact that Dyson Maeda wasn't on the left, he was actually put out to the right. It didn't actually harm us because we were both desperate for him uh, to be starting the left mid today you know to uh, nullify James Tavernier but it turned out in the end Tavernier was one of the worst performers and I know he scored that free kick but generally it was utterly dreadful and Palmer even though he was poor I thought like really um, had him worried in the first half hour or so 
Well, I know you love talking about what you've done before the game and getting to the game, and we've talked about the weather, of course, millions of times in this podcast, and it was a lot of snow this morning. Did that hamper you <laughs> and your uh, your efforts to go to the pub before the game? No, I met uh, I met Dan, Gig Pods Dan, about ten o'clock. We went to try to go to the Squirrel, a pub that I would generally never be in, but I just went for the sake of getting a baby before the game. <laughs> And they weren't letting anyone in until 11 o'clock, can you believe it? The woke East End, John. The woke banners, can you believe it? We could have gotten to the Saracen head either. And if, I would never be caught in there. No, in a bad, no, no, in a pure snobby way. It's just I don't really go drink there. Like, they'd, see it, they'd have one look at me and they go, he's a podcaster, get him a fuck. But we end up getting into the healing wall in Jesse. Oh, yes. It's actually all right. I think it's something like £15 for a wee couple of tenants, a couple of Guinness. So I, me... Dan, uh, Gamba and Kemp all met up before the game had a few and then it got to the point by the way you'll love this one so do you know how my gimmick of when I like to get into the ground dead early yes uh, we were in the here in Jesse in the pub um, which is only like what 15 minutes of Celtic Park it was quarter to 12 and we were still there and you can imagine how nervous and stressed that I was getting and Gamba a big fan uh, of the podcast and a good friend of me and you mm-hmm. so he said right Steve, I know the way you're going to get here. Let's just go, just for the sake of you, no getting uh, worked into a panic attack. <sighs> I made it way, like, I made that to the ground at 20 past 12, so I was fine. And that's the main thing, John, as long as I'm alright. I know, I know. So, what was the atmosphere like pre game? Because on TV, where I watched it, and I wasn't actually drinking, shockingly enough, I didn't drink during the game. I wanted to keep clear headed. What was the atmosphere like pre-game? Because so the, the atmosphere for the entire game really seemed like tense to me. Well, you know my thoughts about the atmosphere. That mob spoiled it. Um, yeah. And let's let's not lie about that. I mean, that's the truth. The, that mob spoiled it. We're not going to be diplomatic and say. In fact, no. It's people in sports scene said that they say, well, both sides are to blame. No, they're not. Rangers no, they took the half because, because we kept winning. We kept winning. And that was it. It was nothing to do with, with Celtic at all. So Celtic retaliated as they obviously would have. But no, just without that mob of day again, just like the 3-2 match, just something missing. There was an edge missing. There's nothing better than getting in and seeing that sea of blue and all our pitiful Union Jacks. And I just love to laugh at it and I love to give them dogs abuse for the 90 minutes. Couldn't do that. So before the game, uh, there was just a lot of chat. And I wouldn't say it was tension or that. It was just like a quite... I felt it quite relaxed atmosphere-wise in the ground, to be honest. And um, some of the noise generated with the guys that are in off-cove in the Green Brigade uh, was excellent. And then when we got to the walk-on, from there on onwards, um, it was a decent atmosphere all in. But, I mean, compared to that famous one, the 3-0 game in 2022, it's always got to get these comparisons in it. And it was just nothing like it. But, you know, for the most part, I'd say the crowd did their job. That's what we said in the preview. The crowd had to turn up and do their job. And they did. Um, and they were away the team for the majority of the game I'd say yeah so the game started sort of cagey I see Rangers maybe started slightly better I see both teams were sort of guilty of losing possession far too often but our like first real chances of the game were due to Paolo Bernardo he really should have done better with a free header and then he had a shot into the side netting is that the one that Dyson didn't connect yeah. with? yeah yep, Dyson didn't connect with it can I just say, for everyone, by the way, I haven't seen any, but I've seen brief highlights of the goals. I've not seen a lot of the incidents, so I'm just going with my memory. So anybody saying, oh, he's talking nonsense and he's talking crap, that's probably true, right? And that is the case for me week to week. 
but genuinely I've not seen the game back and I've not seen any instance so I'm just going with my memory for that but sorry to interrupt you John Yeah and I mean Rangers had a couple of chances as well in the game so I think McCausland had a sort of cross shot that was saved by Joe Hart there wasn't really that many chances though until uh, we took the lead in the game and that was Paolo Bernardo we had a brilliant shot from the edge of the penalty area his second goal in a week he done a good celebration as well when he ran into the crowd and of course he got booked by a killjoy Nick Walsh but no I thought it was an excellent goal do you know it reminded me of Paul Lambert in the game in 2000 the 6-2 game in terms of the technique and how it nestled into the back of the net past like, a, a decent goalie in Butland and the two goals we scored in the Rangers have been screamers that one in Kyogo's one and then we'll talk about Kyogo's later but no the, the technique was excellent to add it first time like that uh, to angle his body to get it in past like, a ruck of players and past Butland was exceptional uh, it was a really good finish and I think in the end you've got to give credit to Brendan Rodgers for starting Paolo Bernardo who up until the other week against Livingston was purely a Champions League football player it's strange that he's sort of got a run of games finally because we were always like we don't know how much he offers we don't know how good he is because Brendan had this sort of bizarre idea we'll only play him in Champions League games i.e. the hardest game Celtic could play in all season and we'll not feature him in the league games but it has featured recently and he got his first goal the other night against Dundee a very strange goal where he double touched it there was nothing strange about this goal though, it was a, a great goal and I'd imagine this goal set up the rest of his Celtic career and I suppose the big question is, we've only got him on loan for a year but there is an agreement to buy him in place the end of the season, John, buy him now. Of course we're going to buy him, it's one of the ones and it's, it's, a, it's a career defining goal and I wouldn't be shocked if we, we bought him after it. I'm not saying it in a, in a defeatist way or a bad way, it's like, you know, let's see how he does the rest of the season. One goal against Rangers, realistically, shouldn't define the rest of his Celtic career but knowing the way we are as a club it probably will so I wouldn't be shocked now if we buy him just on the back of that Yeah and the next big incident in the game was 10 minutes after the goal when Stephen Welsh who was only making his first start in a long time suffered a, a shoulder injury when diving for a challenge ended up with that chance for Rangers with Dessers who sort of dilly-dallied with the ball and didn't take what really was a great chance to equalise for them but I suppose talking about us mostly because this is a Celtic podcast obviously the big incident was poor old Stephen Welsh first game starting for ages first game of the season I think starting and it's always a shoulder shoulder injury and I mean he'll be out of action for a while he'll obviously miss the game against St Mirren by the time he comes back CCV might be back so he would get a run in the game a run in the team so he was replaced by uh, Rocky as we call him on the podcast making his first Celtic appearance I think since August Kamala game yeah where he got injured in the last 10 seconds of the game so I mean his Celtic career has been stop start to say the least he acquitted himself quite well except in fact he acquitted himself well although you can tell that he's not got the pace you would hope for Scottish football and he did give away the free kick which led to uh, Captain Marvelous's goal in, the, in uh, the last 10 minutes of the game that brought Rangers back in here but then I'll sort of forgive him that because it's his first game for months and months and months he's not even hardly been in the squad so what do you make uh, the Welsh injury and 
how you thought Rocky fared the day? The Welsh injury, I've got nothing really to add. I mean, I didn't think Welsh was great uh, during the game, to be honest with you. But when Narotsky came on, I wouldn't say it was like a heart and mouth moment for me, but I was always like quite confident that he would actually stand up for us. I mean, you should think about it, the way he got the last result against Rangers at Ibrooks without CCV, we had to throw in uh, the Baron and Scales, and both of them did well. Um, I understand that Michael Beal was a large factor of that. But somebody like Cyril Dessers up front, you, you know, has never actually worried me. Um, I think it's a bit of a dud. And they're only playing, you know, one up front, up against the back line, against uh, Scales and Narotsky. And I always, I felt the two of them cope pretty well. Didn't feel at any point today, we were under a lot of pressure. The only really, I would say today, better quality striker for Rangers, uh, the one where Johnston, I think, got dispossessed. I think Dessers took something like five touches too many. And then Johnson was able to put the ball uh, behind for a corner. A better striker's probably putting that away and punishing us. But Narotsky, I was really happy for him. I mean, it's a difficult situation to get thrown into in that type of game. There's just no margin for error. You know what it's like, the crowd are tens and any mistake whatsoever. Uh, they're on your back and the player's confidence, which is already probably low considering how he's, he's been, highly played. How he's been thought of as well um, at the club in terms of he was the, like a people saying he was the a Brendan signing he's probably going about the door in January it was a big waste of money like he showed up today and that's all you can really ask for am I going to say he's going to displace CCV for the squad no I don't think that's the case but you know, it was a massive performance and I didn't really think he, he, he put a foot wrong today I know for that goal in the second half when Tavernier scored um, you were saying you get the, the view from it for TV that I think he'd maybe pulled a, pulled a jersey or something but it looked Aye. really really harsh for, it was, it was, for once it was a, a correct decision it did look really harsh and uh, I was quite upset at it at the game but no see other than that I thought Narotsky considering what he's been through the, the injury the reputation in terms of him signing the very public criticism from Brendan Rodgers and a lot of the fans as well their opinion of him Good on him. Yeah, I thought he was great today and he really helped us along with the win. He did, yes. Sorry, I'm just having a fight with a Rangers fan on a, in a group what chat. What is going on here? Because you've not put that phone down all day. Sorry, I'm, I'm just exposing a liar. Right, okay. Can you please wait till after this pod? Yes, I will, sorry. Thank you. Right. Well, I hope that gives Rocky a lot of confidence granted the, the rest of the season. And, I mean, I'll be interested to see how much he plays because I think now that he's got that game behind him, I don't think we'll look to get rid of him in January. I think uh, probably Lagerbielke will, yeah. will leave. Interesting that I mean the two centre back partnerships have started against both games against Rangers this season. Lagerbielke and Scales, Scales and Welsh, and we've, we've won both games. And Rangers only goal came for a set piece. Very strange, really. We've not CCV our best defender, who I think since he's been at Celtic we've practically eulogised in the pod about a hundred times. It says a lot for Liam Scales as well, though. It does good on him. I mean, I, I didn't think he was at his best today, but. Nobody, as I said before, nobody would have expected this. I mean, when you look at the start of the season, nobody would have expected him to be anywhere near the team. So, well, 1-0 up at half-time. I'm actually looking up something for the game here. What were your feelings at half-time? Very comfortable. Uh, I didn't feel like there was any, any issue with the team. Didn't feel as if... Well, actually, no. Uh, sorry, I know you're dealing with liars already in a, in a group chat you're in, John, but I'll take that back. Um, after we scored, I, I felt McCausland was causing Greg Taylor like, somewhere in a grief. 
I think he was definitely the best player in the first half. McCausland was just tearing apart. Taylor, I think I thought he did well. I don't like to take pre Rangers plays, obviously, but I thought he did well. Either shot the, I think Hart actually made a decent save. It was a good save, yeah. One of them, uh, I believe, was maybe deflected away, though. But McCausland was a player that was playing without fear and. I, th- I thought he was just terrorising th- Greg Taylor and I actually went up to see um, Kemp at half time and I remember saying to him well, after we scored it felt like we just like sort of fell away from it Rangers were getting a foothold in the game and everything and I mean everything was just going to through Greg Taylor's side and McCausland I think if the game maybe if the ref didn't blow that whistle for maybe like another like, five ten minutes or something if it was any if it was longer injury time than two minutes added on I was just worried about them scoring an equaliser because because was just killing Taylor. I, I couldn't wait for him to get in at half time and for Brendan to calm the players down a bit. Well, the, the, what I thought was that the, obviously the, the change to the backline had an impact on the team and it was always going to happen. And Re- that was when Rangers were the most dangerous in the game. Well, we were getting our bearings together. And like, because that's a backfield that's never played together. And even if Brendan, like, in training this week went, we'll throw these together. I mean, how long would they have worked on that for? Because there was no chance that. Rocky was going to start the game it was always going to be Welsh as soon as CCV was left out so I mean my, I, weirdly I was sort of didn't feel nervous at all before the game and I didn't even feel that I sailed to Rangers game for some reason to me I don't know why probably because I wasn't there but then as soon as the game kicked off I felt dead up tight which I always do <laughs> not just about Celtic <laughs> then as soon as we scored I thought oh well that's, I, feel, I feel a lot better now but then it was the last 10 minutes of the second half were a real concern to me because first half you mean first half were a real concern to me because we hadn't adjusted well and we did what we always do every time we, we before we play Rangers we'd always say in the pod don't make mistakes don't give Rangers set pieces the amount of free kicks they had yeah, man don't give Rangers set pieces more than that later and don't like, make mistakes and every chance we were given Rangers was due to our mistakes if it had been good play by Rangers fair enough like you, you just deal with it but it was us making silly mistakes and that was a real worry for me some nervousness crept into the crowd of that as mm-hmm. well every time they get free kick after free kick and really, I could see round about me that people were getting really antsy uh, Tavernier standing we're, over we're, it we were fortunate really that apart from his goal uh, Tavernier's deliveries were poor I mean our defence dealt with them all and I wasn't expecting that if you look at how many problems he's gave us with free kicks and set pieces in fact Rangers set pieces apart from the goal didn't really cause any problems at all most of their chances were for open play yeah strange but then setting half we started with a well actually we'll, we'll talk about this first we started with a, a, a bang a, a just outrageously good goal by Kyogo who had a very quiet game up until then he took the pass with Matt O'Reilly another assist for him by the way and just curled an amazing shot in the top corner left foot left foot buttling his fingertips there, but couldn't keep it out and I think it's probably the best goal we've scored against this Rangers or the old Rangers in years I think I'd go as far as to say it's the best goal we've scored against them since Paul Lambert in 1998 it was that good it was out of nothing and it just shows how amazingly good Kyogo is against Rangers he's had a poor season this season but his standards I mean we hammered him for missing that sitter against Dundee the other day hold on a minute better than Nakamura 2008 aye no I think it was a better goal you've not seen it yet have you back I've only seen it once back oh, it was amazing quickly. that good a great view of it from where I was sitting as well. And amazing goal. It was amazing because I was saying to Kemp at half time, I was saying we need a second goal between 45 and 60 minutes because I said if it stays 1 0 up until 60 minutes, they're going to get more chances, they're going to grow in confidence, and it's going to become a problem for us. But what, what I think it's got, I think it must have been like 40, 47. Wow, I was going to say like 49 or something, but 
I was just the moment he left his foot, you knew it was a goal. When I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm, as I say, Gamba earlier made an amazing point. All three goals this season against Rangers, John, have been screamers. It's a fantastic goal. Just, I mean, Hugo, it's just. I think him, him, him now might be our best striker since last. And I will say one thing, and uh, you know, we we don't really react to daft tabloid and Sky Potter on here. I don't think we ever will. And that's why you know that part of during the week when Shanklin scored and Chris Boyd said what he did. We of course never said anything about it in the preview because I think a lot of what he says, one, he doesn't really believe it. Two, it's just to drum up attention and get uh-huh. hit for Same Sky. With Sutton. Same with Sutton as well. The two of them are just fucking bores, if I'm honest with you. Yes. But yeah, I don't think for a second um, Chris Boyd believed what he said about Kyogo, but it was just nonsense. It was it was ignorance to say what he did, even if it was just or not. Because a guy like Kyogo, when you look at his track record and the goal that he scored already at Ibrox, which is such a, I mean, such a difficult such a strike to execute, the way that he put that away past Butland and then this one here. And let's again remember, John, he's not a muggy a goalkeeper. No, he's a good goalkeeper. He's probably better than your goalkeeper, but Kyogo gave him no chance. It was just... In a strange way, it reminded me of Chris Collins' goal in that 3 0 win. It obviously wasn't as good in 2011, but it the was. Uh, no, the the shot. Oh, yeah, we were right foot. Aye. Aye, yeah. But it, it was just an outrageous goal. And actually, the, the next talking point was, after, was something that happened thanks to Sky, because at the end of the first half, there was a huge brouhaha about if Rangers should have got a penalty when it looked like Alistair Johnson handballed it. And then it did look like a penalty, and the wonderful pundits on Sky all said it was a penalty. Can I also just say at the game when that VR screen came up, everybody around about me went, here we go. And if, to be honest, again, none of us could see anything and we didn't get the view. Well, no, it did look a penalty, so going by how Rangers get penalties and never concede them in the league, not in the cup though. Um, I thought he would give a penalty, but he didn't. And we found out later in the second half, thanks to Sky, that it was due to an offside that the penalty wasn't given. But they didn't say it half time, or they? No, didn't say it half time. Didn't say until the second half, and they showed the picture with the lines uh, in the setting half. So it's crazy. I know they should have done it at half time. They should have done it in the first half. And if they just well, like, I'm sure Rangers fans won't go mental about it. Well, no, but Rangers, the club, have uh, reacted in a, in a in a typically subtle way. They haven't like complained and moaned like they've done the last two times they've beat us in the league they've asked the Scottish FA for the audio of the conversation that saw them denied a penalty during the now it says old firm fixer here which as we know doesn't exist never heard it against Celtic so that's the last three times we've beaten them in the league they've moaned and complained and they're always going about us moaning and complaining I don't really want to waste time on them but I mean see if, see if, I'll, I'll question the last see if the same thing happened to us today we wouldn't have done it as I say, look, uh, when, it, when it came up and it said uh, it wasn't a handball, fair enough, maybe there should be an explanation for it then at half-time. And it was offside, so it came up offside. On, they showed the lines and it came up offside, and we've told to always trust the lines and the amount of offside goals that go against us. Well, well I'm sure we're not going to hear about this in six years' time, John. No, no, never. Rangers will get over it and won't moan and greet. Yes. No, a fine club that never moan and complain and look for the excuse every time they lose. Right. And then, of course, I believe there was a red card as well. There was a red card, yep. Uh, Leon Balgan was sent off after a, a, a hilarious pass for uh, Conor Golson, who for once didn't dive to win a penalty, or tried to dive to win a penalty, or uh, let handball and somehow got away with no conceding a penalty. He did uh, a hilarious back pa- a pass that went to uh, Dyson, who was clean through. He was pulled back and he got sent off. And I have to say that is the only instant I know that was good about Dyson today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, 
This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. See, the show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. So Goldson passed the ball back to Balogun. I, I, I tried to, I dies in because it. Because for, for what I saw, and I've not seen the replay of it, but from again the raw reaction was I saw the pass back coming, mm-hmm. and obviously Balogun I think mistimed it. But I thought Butlin was getting it. No, was it not getting it? No, never near it. Dyson was going clean for her. Probably again to the listeners. This is a very raw reaction. I've only seen the goals and probably it, so. probably balloon the ball over the bar, but it was a red card. Less than the red card, more about Dyson. I thought that was his worst game against Rangers ever today. Yeah, it was a terrible performance. It was really bad. Remember the when we've talked before everybody starts greeting and complaining, saying Gaffey's back. We've always talked up Dyson, especially his performance. And look, we were like shouting for him, maybe starting on the left against Rangers. And today look at as that well. performance we eulogised non stop the two one win I. That was the exact opposite. And I know he's just getting back to fitness. But see since he's came back. He's been poor. He's yeah, done, he's done I, nothing. I, again, I, still, I think it's going to take him a, a good run and hopefully maybe the break uh, gets him back up to speed and up to full fitness when he's back after that. Would it shock you if uh, Leela Bada started on Tuesday ahead of him? No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't. What I thought was interesting was the subs that we made. We'd already had to make a sub, obviously, when uh, Naroka replaced Wales. So then in the 71st minute, just before the, bent, the red card, uh, Bernardo was replaced by Tumble because I think there was a slight concern that Bernardo was going to get another booking because he'd done a foul in Goldson, which might have been a borderline setting jail, but brave Nick Walls didn't give it. No doubt, we'll, we'll never hear the end of that. But then now, 83 minutes, we made three changes. O for Kyogo, uh, Mikey Johnson, the midweek hero for Dyson, and Abada for Palmer. And I think they made us worse, especially Michael Johnson. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but. I think when Rangers went down to 10 men, we didn't really know what to do. We didn't really go for another goal. We were sort of content to see the game out, and we kept giving away. Comes down to game management, doesn't it? We didn't manage it well at all. Rangers guilty of that at times. No, and we kept giving away silly free kicks, and we were fortunate that Captain Marvellous' free kicks had been poor up until the 88th minute where the Rocky gave away a free kick. And then give your thoughts as you were waiting on that uh, free kick to get taken because uh, there was a wait because Matt O'Reilly who'd already suffered a, a nose broken nose practically got another nose injury so he was getting treated it was a free kick about 30 yards out I think it was on the left side maybe or the right I'm not sure I don't but, know if it was 30 yards 20 it seemed like well it was outside the penalty box but it was typical Correct. Captain Marvelous Cav territory and don't, don't forget he did score at that end when we beat him 3-2 the last time Rangers moaned and cried when we beat him fairly what were your thoughts waiting that free kick to get taken well he scored at the other end no it wasn't he was at that end well it was the uh, you're right he sorry he, he, he scored that end a free a heater how many drinks have you had he scored a lot he scored a heater at that end right so 
What were your thoughts of waiting for that to get taken? Free kick to get taken. Did you think he was going to score like I did? Well, before uh, we felt the Nanotsky made a, a fair challenge and it was really harsh, but I know what you said in Sky no. that it was a, a definite foul. So definite foul, and it was a boot. Again, fair enough, just a raw reaction to that, so I'll, I'll have to see it back, but I trust you on it. <laughs> Thank you. I trust Nick Walsh, great referee, <laughs> never, never, never criticised him. Everyone, everybody, and I was going to say sitting around about me, but we were standing in the Lisbon Lions lower. John, because only the, the, the jock steam end to actually stand up and create an atmosphere around about the one one two and off curve area. But not we, we everybody there uh, could tell that was a goal. It was just one of the ones that was a, a vet. It was like a sinking looming feeling. Yeah. You just knew that was going in. I actually watched Joe Hart as well. And amazingly enough, like he wasn't really like directing our position in his wall. He was just standing about, so sort of, I don't like to seem like a statue and be harsh on him, but it just felt as if Joe Hart was taking that situation and seriously it's a lot of the other fans there I don't know if it was a, a level of complacency kicking in or not but honestly everybody around about me was just saying this is a goal and it's going to go in it's going to go into Joe Hart's near post every single person called it and that's what happened and it looked as if he was very slow to react to it yes it was a good free kick and he got it on target and that's what Tavernier does but yeah, I just felt with Joe Hart, honestly, it was it was a, a very like poor reaction to it and it was always going to go one place, that's it, and, and yet, you know, everybody in the ground knew and Joe Hart seemed oblivious to it. I just didn't expect him to save it, I mean, he got a touch tape, but I just I just couldn't imagine him saving it, whereas I think if there was, I don't want to compare him to Butland, but if we had a free kick at the other end, I would expect Butland to save it, I wouldn't expect, if we had a free kick specialist, which we don't. I wouldn't expect Joe Hart to save it because I don't think he's in good form this season. So after that goal, there was 10 minutes to go because 8 minutes were added and then ended up being 10 minutes played all in all because there was like a brouhaha towards the end of the game with uh, John Souter and O who both got booked. So there was 10 minutes to go and that's when I got nervous because it did remind me of that 3-2 game towards the end of last season because it was like running about the same left, probably longer, I think it was like 10-15 minutes. But the big thing that really... Concern me when I was watching it. I mean, is this, is this the Mikey Johnston? Yes. Bit? Right, see, can I just say, I know you were saying this and you said Sutton and Kenny Miller were going on about it. Aye. Because I never noticed that at the game. No, it was three times it gave uh, Captain Marvellous Tav like acres of space to drift in at the back post. Like right. that goal he scored against us. Like that goal he scored for them in that cup final. I mean, when he drifted in, like three times, Johnson. He was on the wing and Johnson didn't mark him and went in the middle. I think f- twice that we got it away and I think... I, every time I think we managed to get it away. But Greg Taylor went absolutely bananas at him. Greg Taylor... Tavernier scored in a cup final against us? No, against Aberdeen. You know, oh, uh, uh, right. that goal against the, the, in the cup final. But Greg Taylor was going crazy. He was really going mad, going bananas and mental and shouting and bowling it. Mikey Johnson and tell him to mark the runner which he wasn't doing and we know how good he's I wouldn't like to play Rangers players but who's our best player by an absolute mile well, the most dangerous when he's on the ball and the wide is him exactly and we were giving him chance after chance after chance it was metal couldn't get at it that was my big concern because alright we didn't go to Priestley we did against Motherwell thankfully for once which I called but it was just ridiculous what Mikey Johnson was doing and I wouldn't. I know. I've said before in this podcast. I wouldn't play. I wouldn't let so and so play again for Celtic. But that was so unprofessional and so brainless. He cannot play for Celtic again after that. He will obviously. He'll probably play on Tuesday. But it was so bad. And 
I just can't go over it. That's one of the biggest things about the game today. I mean, obviously we won and it's a big celebration. And after we finish, I'm going to go and get drunk. But it was just mental that you'd give Rangers' best player, who we know is brilliant at taking shots, and he's got a great record against us. Give him so much space. I mean, no other incident was when similar uh, the Rangers penalty. We thought we could get one when Tumble got filled in the box, but that was offside. So I hope that we demand uh, the audio of why it was offside. Similar to Rangers, <laughs> we won't know. But no, obviously the final whistle went, and you took some good videos of uh, Kyogo leading the celebrations at the end. But really, my thoughts at the end were relief more than anything because I think as everybody knows I've listened to the pod I've, I've not been convinced by Celtic this season for a long time I even ducked out like a coward going on the post hearts pod you did but I mean this is finally our, our first time this season we've won three games in a row that shows that we've been poor by our standards this look it's took until December he won three games in a row in all competitions I mean consecutively that is I don't mean like in the league like, we've done that before but you know what I mean so I'm just hoping we kick on. What were your thoughts and towards the end of the game? I mean, when there was eight minutes added, and did you feel that attention? No, no, being bullish. I, I, honestly, I, I think if Rangers had some more quality, then then fair enough. You know, if they were testing Joe Hart, if they'd want more saves to make the second half, but he had nothing to do. Or they put the ball at the back of the net for a bloody set piece. But had they been creating chances and had they been putting us under pressure. Fair enough, but they were down to 10 men. They were getting very desperate, and I just felt they were playing into our hands. And for once, I, honestly, I felt as if Celtic were okay. Um, I felt as if we were, we were smart and going down and taking our time, and we weren't rushing throws, we weren't rushing free kicks when we got them, and I liked that. And just wee things like that would give the players confidence, because you've got to remember, you know, after the Murrible game um, and the couple of defeats that we've had, like the, the fans would have been edgy and would have been antsy, definitely. But I actually had total faith in them. I'm not just saying it to be bullish or bravado. I, I genuinely didn't feel um, any trouble um, from Rangers at all. And I mean that. And The referee could have said there was 8 minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes into the time. I just felt we would have seen it out. Rangers were just getting desperate. Um, whereas we seemed a lot more controlled. And that's just my honest opinion on it. I think our big players really stepped up. And, you know, Callum McGregor. Yeah. we have maybe hammered on it I wouldn't mean, well, no, I mean, say hammered but we've criticised but because he's got high standards so we told the wee fans yeah. but I thought he played really well today and again that's mad like, his two best performances have been against Rangers when he's been allowed acres of space to actually dictate the tempo uh, I think Matt O'Reilly stepped up Bernardo was great he would have been my man in the match if he wasn't taken off I thought uh, the much of Malayne Greg Taylor played well second half I know you didn't think he played second well. half I agree I agree First with you half. but I also don't think they get down his line at all like, they, they didn't have anything to offer him I think that goal by Kyogo the timing of it totally killed him it did it, it was did. an important goal I didn't think um, much get by Greg Taylor but they didn't really um, target him in the second half I think at that point John it was just Danny's limitation for Rangers like they weren't the offensive yeah. at that point mm-hmm. but 1-0 Rangers felt Let's go. We can maybe sneak it, and we got it so early. Yeah. yeah, great timing. And that was that. I mean, two 0 It was damage limitation for them, and it was just a case of them getting through the rest of the game without getting hammered. I felt. We need to stop giving them like goals late, like they give them a chance in games. I mean, if you look at the League Cup final, two 0 up, cruising, we give them a goal the day, cruising the three two game. So yeah. cruising, so stop giving them goals. Yeah, just uh, one more on Cal McGregor. I mean, I've. I think he was man of the match I know that Brendan eulogised him like mad after the game 
And look, we needed a performance like him, and I just hope, like, on Tuesday, which will be a hard game, St. Murder, I know I'm doing team, but they did win 3 0 at Pitodre. I mean, I know Aberdeen are a joke, but. Well, a certain opponent couldn't even do that at Pitodre. Exactly. Obviously, you mean us, because we only went 3 1 there. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, there only is one game to play before the break. I mean, it's vital, I think, that we build in this win and get the, the win over St. Murdoch. We'll maybe talk more about that in a, a wee bit, but yeah, Cal McGregor did well. And I just want to talk a wee bit about Brendan because I know you in particular. I've criticised him a lot on the pod and on the Instagram and I know you've been having debates with our loyal listeners on Instagram about it. How do you look on Brendan this season now after today's win? Because obviously that's two two games against Rangers, two wins against Rangers. I think he's only lost one game ever against Rangers as Celtic manager, that 1-0 when uh, Cal McGregor played up front. No, left, well, left back. back. Mikey Johnson was up front. Cal McGregor was left back. Yeah, and look, Mikey Johnson's still making us unhappy even now so how do you feel about Brendan now because I mean that that was I'd say his biggest win even bigger than the win at Ibrox because I mean in a way that game was a free hit because nobody expected us to win we started the season okay-ish like I've not been happy with how we've played for weeks neither of you you've been critical I thought he done well today he knows how to manage against Rangers and I mean we're getting players back so I'm hoping that and of course we need to sign good players still in January Peter Lowell can say to Brendan after the game day. Oh, it's fine now, we don't need him day. Because we really do, because I think Rangers will, will spend big. Well, big by their standards. We need to spend as well. So, what do you make of Brendan now after that win today? Well, I still wouldn't say, like, um, everything's all hunky-dory. Like, the standards we've got at Celtic are, the, as good as that was today, we still need to improve the team. You yeah. know, if we want to get better and we want to actually take that Celtic team to the next level, we have to get better than what we've got, like... I don't think it was a good performance. It, no, at times in the first half, like Greg Taylor was, was shambolic and people will, will listen to this going, how can you say that? We've just beat Rangers and we're eight points clear, but that's all well and good and I'm, I'm generally happy that if you saw me earlier in the pub, like, you wouldn't have been questioning anything, but I also do want to see Celtic being the best they can be and I think they can improve in a lot of areas. I, that I one, that could, one today so- should be like the title clinching one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It shouldn't have be gone eight points ahead, but it really is only two if they yeah. win their games in hand. Yeah. Like, our performances have been so poor. And I mean, we've got big games coming up after the break. We've got Aberdeen and Hibs away in the space of five days. And I think they could be season-defining their games. Yeah, because Rangers will start to have a lot more easier games at home as well, won't and they? And they, like, they've all played one of their games at hand, at least by then, against yeah. Hibs. I don't know, I think even on Tuesday there's a lot to prove, because it wouldn't entirely shock me if we stiffed on Tuesday and played crap. But I think we're also capable of going there and winning fairly comfortably. But you just don't know what Celtic team's going to turn up, even after the day. You've got to give that Celtic team after today, though, the benefit of the doubt. You do. There was a lot of pressure on them, there was a lot of there pressure was. on the manager. There um, was. And I think do again, you think they've earned the benefit of the doubt, though? Yeah, I do. I think today they stood up, they stood up to be counted. And even today, as I say, guys like Narotsky, was sublime when he came on I mean that was a hard hard game for him to be thrown into yeah, and yeah. he was excellent today um, and I know there's been a lot of criticism levelled uh, Greg Taylor and Joe Hart and I want to see them those positions both improved on but again they helped us towards a win uh, Joe Hart made some really important saves in the first half too and Gre- as you say Greg Taylor grounded the game in the second half there's obviously help with guys like you know they're, they're, they're big loudmouths like Cantwell for example uh, just getting bodied too that was so satisfying and it was a real champions performance John because 
all week. I mean, I wouldn't say we've been despondent and not looking forward to the game, but we've been we've still been hyped up. We've still been frothing at the mouth. But again, well, for no. us, we're used to seeing Celtic winning, seeing success after success, and a lot of Rangers fans, uh, if you look over the road, uh, for a for a very scarce success they've had in years. They thought they were going into that in the day and they were going to hit like waltz to a victory. I hope to see the two, well, two that I'm friendly actually did anything. That's a rarity. I mean, obviously they've, they've uh, come out with rubbish after the game. Although one of them did actually say that them going on about the... This is a, this was shocking. A Rangers fan didn't tell a lie. They said that them going on about that penalty was just an excuse. Can you believe it? A Rangers fan, didn't, was. A Rangers fan didn't lie for once. But then, I, I don't know... I still, I, th- I think Jangri is going to defi- decide an awful lot. I mean, we need to sign players and they need to be good players because this squad just still doesn't convince to me. And I know that was a great win today and they stood up to be counted. But I mean, I still don't trust a select team to go on like a, a 10 15 game win and run the way that Angus teams like rolled off. No, but I'm, I'm going to flip that now and say I don't think Rangers were winning. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. But it's obviously going to be a, a nip and tuck title race, I think, a l- much more than it was even in Ange's first season. Well, last season, after we drew to each Ibrox this time last year, it was finished. Yeah, well, was nine fun. points ahead. I mean, they went on a good run, but we were never going to drop so many points. Like Ange's first season, there was like six points in it. Um, no, aye, aye, there was like aye, six points about up until we won at Ibrox. Or it was three, three or six, it was close anyway up until we won at Ibrox, and that was put us six points ahead. And then I remember when we beat them 3 2, we went 12 clear, yeah. I'm sure. So, I mean, but that's the way things are going, is only going with two points in it, because I expect them to win most of their games. And I just hope that we do as well. And I think we still need to make better signings. If we had better signings, we wouldn't be losing to the likes of Hearts and Kelly. No disrespect to them, but we shouldn't be losing to Kelly away or Hearts at home. I mean, Drawing with Hibs, even I know we've got a dodgy record there, but we shouldn't be dropping points against A teams. And I'm hoping that with the additions we're making January, some of them are first team players. And I don't know, but I think Jane could have a big impact. So, wonder if we'll say Lauren Shaglin, that would be a laugh. It was interesting that uh, Brendan was talking about him yesterday. That was a weird one. I didn't hear that actually. Well, no, he did get asked about him, and he got asked about like away fans when at the derbies. And he, I think he did big up Shaglin's goal, so because it was a good goal all night. And he scored again today. I mean, he's no Kyogo, obviously, right, Chris Boyd? But, I don't know. It wouldn't have shot me if we were in for him. Although, I don't know if I want this to. But I think we'll buy another striker. We need to, because of the Asian Cup. Yeah, I think so too. And, of course, um, I think that boy for Bromby, um, he's going to be going to Schalke as well now, isn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, there is that left back. We've been like to think it's for Benfica. So, I think, I think he might sign. But I definitely think we'll sign a striker. I don't think we'll sign a goalkeeper and I think that's th- a mistake yeah I've resigned myself with the fact that I don't think we'll, we'll do that either so I'm going to have to persevere with Joe Hart to the end of the season but um, again I'm not going to get too despondent because it was a the champions stood up today we did and we're 8 points clear and again I really hope people don't think we've been too doom and gloom I think we're just no. being honest here and for the most part been really happy with that today yeah I'm delighted I mean it's always good to be Rangers especially when you're not playing well and of course they came up with hilarious excuses after it that's the funniest part yep so we'll be back on Tuesday or Wednesday after the Samaritan game oh, I don't know don't know what day it'll be but we'll be back after the Samaritan game yes that's what I mean we'll be back after the Samaritan game and then we'll, we're going on a brief break but we'll put up all the episodes like all the interviews and all that jazz 
I think me and Spunkfoam were actually thought about doing a, an episode where I thought about rating kits as well. So there you go. I'll give that one a miss. But uh, no, there's something for you to look forward to as well. And of course, you know what to do. Follow us on all the usual platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Keep on liking and subscribing. Get those subscribing numbers up, 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 up. We want more subscribers and we'll have loads more podcasts next year because this is the last podcast of the year. That so, yep. Can I just ask what's been your favourite game of 2023? Um, probably, well, probably the 3-0 the, the win over Hearts because we went out and raised hell after it and had a good laugh up at Parkhead. I mean, the game itself wasn't great to clinch the league. 2-0. 2-0, I thought it was 3. That was in the cup. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, probably the 2-0 two, the win then over Hearts that clinched the league just because, like... More about really what happened after the game. And we saw like dogs wearing, dogs. wearing Celtic strips. I mean, me and uh, Dan were in raptures about that. And we went to see the team, of course, and the team on the rail. And, and <laughs> even, in fact, even the. Actually, that's a lie. The, the Cup final is my favourite. Because we had a good. We knew we were going to win. Okay, it was tinged with sadness because Anne's left. And we knew he was leaving. But, I mean, we had a good laugh before it. And. Even for me, the you'll never walk alone moment at the end was uh, a tad emotional. You know I'm an old cynic that hates that, but I thought it was uh, a fitting way for us to leave. And I love Dan, as everybody knows. Not as much as some other Celtic fans do, but... No, my favourite game of the year, weirdly, is a cup final. A game that was a foregone conclusion. And, of course, did feature me saying, I'll be funny if Inverness score here. And they did. So what's your favourite game of 2023? The League Cup final, 2023. Oh. Unbelievable. Uh we were a right good friend of ours, a mutual listener to the pod. He was in a cup final with us? He was indeed, yeah, he definitely doesn't stress out about uh, Celtic and Rangers games he, at he all. He didn't think we'd lose 3 0 today, no. Yeah, thankfully he remains nameless. <laughs> but yeah, that was it for me. That was that was magnificent. I mean, the way I celebrated those goals, it was a real throwback to when I was like a, a 10, 11 year old going mad like when you scored goals against them in the 90s that we rarely ever seemed to do it was oh it was brilliant absolutely amazing and you know the, the stress added to it I've already, you've already heard the stories John about how uh, my head was busting just after it because all my energy went into that game and the relief when we won it because there was all the loud mouth Beal before it like talking about how Andrew's lucky and Aye. just how Celtic didn't deserve to be where they were and their fans just like today hyped up frothing in the mouth thinking they're just going to walk in and walk all over a, an average Celtic team wasn't the case at all for me that was a good one obviously I wasn't there I watched it in the house that was a good one because it was the 50-50 split it was like the old days like the games used to be so obviously it meant more and I remember if I'd meeting you after with some of the other crew and you all looked absolutely exhausted and we done were, in. we were done in we didn't, even, we didn't even stay out that late reason here like you saw how done in we were that game took it out me more than any other game against Rangers I can think of probably because um, it was a final we have ever played him in finals these days yeah probably more than the, the, like the 2019 final um, honestly the, that game took it out me more than I, than I can ever think of um, in recent memory honestly I've only played them in two finals since they they became Rangers 2 we'll play them in two cup finals well in saying that since when I was a wee guy I think we only played in a couple as well like the men of and we never used to win them Bye. they they won two at Hamden when I was a wee kid so yeah no that was a good game too so thanks to Ange hopefully next year like when we do the best game in 2024 there's some classics for Brendan coming up listen mate let him dream (laughs) (laughs) very good Ange right so 
Thanks today for listening. We'll be back after the Samirin game. Good luck to Celtic. Keep this winning run going. Happy New Year and hail, hail. Podcast Network.